this morning. We do have Mayor Rod Davies. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Vanessa. Also, Communications Director Ken Helms. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. And City Administrator Lou Steinbrecher. Good morning, Lou. Good morning, Vanessa. Good to see all three of you. How was last night's meeting? Oh, it was a good meeting. Uh, had a number of items to go over. Um, I started out by uh, letting council know that I had received received the resignation from First Ward Alderman uh, Justin Thomas um, uh, effective immediately, and uh, you know we thanked him for his service and. Uh, uh, wish him well in all of his future endeavors. And I know he said he was looking forward to watching the progress on the downtown beautification and uh, uh, appreciated the opportunity to help with the city. Okay, so what uh, what happens when you have, have a resignation? Um, it, it is the mayor's uh, responsibility to appoint a replacement and then council will uh, uh, vote on... Uh, acceptance of that um, uh, appointment so that's kind of the way it works okay hopefully you find a good uh, a good citizen that'll be able to be appointed and approved by the city council yes um, we've done this before so I feel confident we'll be able to find a good person to help serve okay what was next uh, we actually had the department reports up next and this month was the public safety reports uh, started off with the Monmouth Fire Department report that Chief Casey Rexroth gave. Uh, last month was very busy for them. Uh, they had a number of different activities. Uh, our two newest firefighters, uh, Kyle Martin and Tim LaFollette. I really hope I didn't just butcher his last name. but hey. LaFollette. LaFollette, uh, yes. Uh, they began uh, attending the Illinois Fire Service Institute's Basic Firefighter uh, Academy. Uh, that's a seven-week academy. Uh, started on or starts on October 27th, and uh, then after that, they go to motor vehicle training and hazmat uh, training as well. That way, they get uh, all the basics, and then they come back to uh, the department, and then they have an internal program that they do for a while too um, before they. Um, start getting deployed to full shift and uh, moving around and doing all that. Um, Firefighter Osborne attended the rescue task force training that was hosted uh, down in Macomb uh, by the uh, Law Enforcement Training and Standards Board. What that is is that is a uh, particular way that EMS and uh, firefighters can work with law enforcement to respond to uh, active scenarios uh, where there might be mass casualties. Uh, different things like that uh, by assembling a team and getting people trained up for that <clears throat> it really increases the uh, survivability during uh, events like that so I'm happy to start doing the partnership there with them and get that all going uh, and then there was also a number of different events that they were involved in like the Prime Beef Festival uh, Roseville High School Parade um, those all went off perfect and they had no no issues there yeah they've been in schools a lot this month mm -hmm. it's national fire prevention month and so they've been out in our schools they have that's one of the programs that the uh, fire department really uh, puts on quite well um, they tailor their program to the ages that they are talking to so they can do uh, great education uh, teach the kids you know what to do during a fire alarm uh, what not to do that might cause a fire alarm uh, that kind of stuff. After that, we had the uh, police department report that Chief Schweitzer uh, gave. 
they had uh, about 30 man hours patrolling the uh, beer tent during the prime beef festival um, also they provided a uh, display for a touch a truck event that was done at the uh, prime beef festival as well and then the police department did alice training at uh, harding elementary school and central uh, intermediate school uh, that's a program that the police department has been doing to deal with active intruders uh, for well over a decade now. Uh, so that's that's been very successful. And then finally, uh, the administration uh, attended a meeting and worked with the state's attorney to go over some of the new changes that have happened with the uh, cashless bail that Illinois uh, put into effect here recently. Uh, that's a, a very large change in regards to the ability that law enforcement has to hold um, suspects after uh, the fact and uh, that, that's that's requiring quite a bit on law enforcement end. Yeah, summarize what you think is uh, happening there as we get ready for a legislative roundtable. Can I look at that real fast, mm -hmm, Kim? Yeah. Um, the reports, by the way, are at cityofmonmouth.com and you can actually see all of the reports from the mm -hmm. fire department, the police department, and uh, yeah, so the number of arrests uh, did go down mm -hmm. yep. as a result, of, and Chief Schweitzer did allude to that happening. The calls didn't go down. Um, so kind of give us an update on the report there. Yeah, um, so basically uh, this, uh, just to kind of rough summarize, um, law enforcement would actually be the best one to do a, a briefing on this. I'm sure we can, we can get them on to deal with some of the uh, particulars, but yeah, he'll just, be in at the end of the month. Yep. Just to summarize, um, the cashless bail, uh, changed the requirements that law enforcement has to actually hold somebody in the jail. Um, there has to be a proven, uh, flight risk or a proven, um, they are going to continuously, um, as soon as they get released, they're going to immediately harm somebody back. Um, the requirements to prove that, um, as well as the particular laws that the suspect would be accused of breaking uh, that would meet that definition, are now extremely stringent. Um, so what that has resulted in is a, uh, the same amount of calls, uh, that the police department usually has, but the arrests um, have now begun to plummet. And that's all across the state. Uh, basically, they're issued a notice to appear in court, um, and then after that, um, that's when the judicial process starts. Uh, whereas in the past, with certain crimes, they would have held them there um, under the um, assumption that they were going to immediately harm. Uh, but because those definitions have changed uh, due to state uh, legislature um, that that has now changed uh, a number of things that's going to affect um, judicial revenue um, as well um, and that that's you know when we're looking at a new jail and all these other different things um, it, it's a very very complicated multi-factor issue and uh, that started September 18th and mayor how do you feel about all this because uh you didn't get a choice in, in the matter. You, you just have to follow the law. No, that's right. And um, I guess it affects the county. I mean, the city is will continue to do their stops and enforce the laws as we know them. Um, you know, it's kind of at the county level. The county is responsible for the, you know, the prosecution through the state's attorney's office. And then they are the, the uh, entity that handles the... Uh, uh, jailing or uh, 
delivering of legal notices and all of those things. And then you have the parole department also at the county level. So those are functions that uh, thankfully they're having to deal with more than we are. We'll continue with law enforcement, continue to enforce the laws. And if someone needs to be arrested, we'll certainly go through the process, get them their ticket and do however we're guided. I know they've been having workshops uh, with the police department, state's attorney's office, and a number of organizations on how exactly this is going to be working. And sure. it's kind of an ongoing thing at this moment. And, um, you know, I think people are trying to make their way through it. I should note that uh, law enforcement uh, agencies and uh, advocacy centers pretty much statewide oppose this, um, if that um, kind of summarizes uh, what, what most of law enforcement thinks of it. Sure. They're, they have challenges with the amount of time. You, you only get 48 hours uh, for a judge to make decisions, so mm. that, that can pose challenges on a weekend. Um, so certainly they made some changes uh, to the bill, and the, the hope is more changes can be made. Mm -hmm. The legislative roundtable is set for sep uh, September, November 16th, uh, right here in Monmouth. All four of our state legislators, uh, which includes Representative Hammond, Representative Swanson, as well as Senators Anderson and Halpin will be here to uh, discuss that uh, with our, our law enforcement. We have special law enforcement guests, and we also will be discussing the um, pension funding issues that are affecting the state of Illinois uh, coming up on the 16th. So, Mayor, uh, that's you and I hosting that, and then we will have friends from other counties here. Yeah, that's always a great event and a great opportunity for us to uh, sit down with our legislators. They're always available, but uh, it's kind of a special uh, forum and setting that allows us to uh, really have some good conversations. Yes, and allows us to hear from our folks right here in the area trying to exactly. enforce that that law. Okay, what's next? Well, um, we've received another mandate, of course, uh, from the Illinois EPA. And uh, uh, we, in the past, we've had a, an exemption from disinfection uh, because of the uh, receiving stream and the downstream uh, contributors. Uh, so they wanted us to begin the disinfection process. So all of our wastewater uh, discharge has to be disinfected completely and so um, we had an engineered estimate of about 2.6 million dollars to do that project um, we received two bids for that uh, uh, construction project and the low responsible bidder was Leander construction their bid was 2.422 million dollars so it, thankfully it was under our engineered estimate so um, we will be starting that uh, construction. I don't know if we'll be able to get much done this winter yet, but probably begin in the spring, I think. And so uh, um, we did have a second bid from Lavadier Construction, uh, but that was higher than uh, Leander, so we did go with the Leander bid. So um, uh, that, that's uh, another project we'll have to fund. We'll have to figure out how to pay for. Um, so uh, that's that's uh, we we've applied for an EPA loan slash grant and uh, based on the financial data we submitted for our residents, 
We believe that 40 to 50% of that loan will be for ultimately forgiven, but we're still working out those details and still working with the Illinois EPA on that funding. So we'll, uh, we'll continue to work at that. Okay. Um, also last night, um, we have the cemetery board, which is a volunteer advisory board uh, for the Monmouth Cemetery. And um, they were needing one more person to help serve on that board. So uh, I did uh, uh, put forth the name of Dan Watson, who works in the funeral service. And uh, the council did approve his nomination to serve on that board. And then next we had, uh, I, I presented the uh, final report of the RISE planning grant. And just for a little background information, the city did receive a grant through the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, or DCEO. It is a RISE planning grant. RISE stands for Research in Illinois to Spur Economic Recovery. And what these were were federal funds that were allocated to states. And here in um, Illinois, the, uh, uh, the state uh, created this RISE planning grant to provide uh, planning grants to municipalities to prepare economic strategies for the recovery uh, from the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And so um, uh, we received that grant or were awarded it in, um, in fall of last year, but we didn't actually sign the grant agreement until April. And then uh, we immediately uh, engaged a uh, private uh, planning consultant to, to do the work for us. Uh, and I will say that uh, this grant was really um, uh, kind of funneled through the Maple City Area Partnership, which is uh, the uh, public-private nonprofit uh, organization uh, that includes um, many of the uh, local business leaders in, in the community along with the city. And we believe that the county will uh, soon be joining that uh, partnership. And... Um, uh, so they were used as the sounding board and the uh, review advisory committee for this. But uh, what I highlighted for the council last night were really the uh, primary uh, strategic uh, goals uh, of the uh, of this uh, planning process. And uh, let me just go through those uh, briefly here. Um, the first uh, priority goal is to uh, actually create. Uh, a mechanism to establish a, a uh, economic development professional position. Um, be this through uh, MCAP, the, uh, as I mentioned, the, the Maple City Area Partnership as a nonprofit <coughs> uh, economic development organization that is a public-private partnership, or whether that's done as a staff person uh, as part of the city administration. And I, I believe that we're right at this point we're pursuing uh, working with MCAP to try to create that, that position. Uh, the second uh, uh, goal was to really focus on uh, the growth needs that we have in, in the housing as well as addressing uh, some of our water infrastructure needs. Uh, it's, uh, w this is a, uh, the, 
a need that we've identified for several years now for new um, housing um, units within the community. And uh, it really is comprised of three components, and that is uh, finding a land developer to put in the infrastructure, the, the roads, the water, and the sewer, to create new uh, 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 parcels of land you know, for houses to be built on. And then, of course, a home builder. And then finally, finding uh, and identifying and securing um, uh, the developable land sites that uh, are in the uh, in the area, uh, and so we will continue to pursue this as part of the the overall uh, economic development uh, strategy. The other component of that is to really address the the needs that we have for water, and we're right at the uh, we're at a point where the the water distribution system does require a lot of uh, repair and maintenance, but more importantly. Uh, in order for us to have sufficient water supply for new business uh, as well as uh, uh, the uh, housing development that we're envisioning that we uh, really need to look at uh, a project that we have out on the north side of town for, for the development of a new well, a new production well, uh, a uh, construction of a small water treatment plant and, and potentially a new elevated uh, water storage tank. So. Uh, those are, uh, again, priorities that we want to look at because the availability of adequate potable water for businesses and residents alike is, is a high priority to uh, create the infrastructure we need to support economic growth. Uh, the third goal would be to um, uh, try to uh, transform Monmouth into a, a vibrant destination, and this is a a lot of focus on uh, preserving the historic character of a uh, downtown Monmouth, uh, making enhancements, uh, um, uh, creating marketing campaigns where we, where we have joint advertising of multiple businesses, uh, actually trying to brand the community and market it to, uh, as a destination place, uh, and then also just improving the curb appeal uh, of the community. Uh, the fourth goal is really to try to foster integration and inclusion with the uh, migrant communities that we have. And, uh, we know that there have been a, a lot of migrants that have uh, located in the Monmouth area, uh, primarily because of jobs there at uh, Smithfield. And so we have a, a, a diverse community, and we really need to uh, foster a program that includes um, these diverse populations that we have in the community to, to, uh, uh, to, to really harmonize uh, ourselves as a, a diverse uh, community. Uh, the, uh, the fifth goal would be to try to uh, identify and uh, generate new revenue sources to fund uh, these economic development priorities, and that would include such things as utility taxes or uh, uh, food and beverage tax, as well as some other types of uh, funding needs. The sixth goal would be to uh, really try to promote uh, local businesses <coughs> to help them um, grow and expand, as well as uh, developing entrepreneurs, uh, uh, new business startups in the community. And this kind of falls back to the first priority, which is to obviously have a uh, an economic development professional position in the community, someone that is dedicated to working with uh, local businesses and entrepreneurs to, to get, 
to get those types of uh, business startups uh, um, beginning here. Uh, and then lastly, uh, uh, goal number seven would be to uh, build up the capacity to undertake all the economic development work we have. And that is, again, that goes back to building the tax base, um, you know, creating new growth, uh, new whether, whether it be residential, commercial, or industrial. But that, that tax base, that growth in the EAV is really the, uh, the capacity that we need to help support uh, uh, a lot of the work that needs to be done. So uh, the, we reviewed that. I did ask the uh, council to um, hold off. We're going to send out some additional documentation, an executive summary, as well as a copy of the plan to them. This will probably, or most likely, will uh, appear on the agenda for their consideration to adopt the final plan. Uh, I will say that uh, uh, while the plan was being drafted, it was reviewed several times by the board of directors of the Maple City Area Partnership, and then uh, they did review the final plan and, and uh, forwarded it uh, uh, to the city with recommendation for adoption. So uh, I think this will really help establish a, a strategy, a work plan, if you will, on how we go about uh, recovering from the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, but also just creating that economic stability uh, to uh, uh, support growth in the future for, for Monmouth. Okay, that was Lou Steinbrecher on the RISE planning grant, the economic recovery grant for our municipality. And the final plan will be sent to city council next month for adoption. Okay, and you spoke about, um, well, let me let me see what else you have on the agenda here for last night's city council meeting. Uh, honestly, it was just a couple small little things. Uh, one was a um, oh setback variance uh, for where uh, Dame Fine is going to be uh, creating a new drive-up uh, coffee shop and a small storage facility at the old Superwash location on North Main. Um, it was just kind of a, a housekeeping thing uh, that had to deal with the, the way that that was a split parcel um, and uh, some other different technical aspects that he just wanted to button up uh, before he started doing the build. And then we had uh, some MF, MPD uh, surplus property that we needed to declare. Um, that's just a couple old squad cars. Uh, both those squad cars are well past their service life. Um, it's actually costing us more to drive them on the road um, in repairs than it is uh, for gas and that kind of stuff. So it was just time for us to um, declare them and uh, clear them from the fleet. Okay. So, uh, Mayor uh, Davies, if you would, and, and I'm sure Lou has some uh, areas of interest to chime in to as well, you're going to be starting to have the streetscape meetings, more of them. We had a ton of them before. Uh, I shouldn't say a ton, but several before the COVID. And then we're going to start having more meetings to learn about the designs by the engineering firm. And you'll start to reach out to the public, like at Rotary and places like that, to uh, to explain everything. So give us the sneak peek. Yeah. Um, it's several years ago we um, had the um, – we're applying for some planning grants and for some construction grants through the state of Illinois and Illinois Department of Transportation. So to qualify and add to our uh, score on those grant applications, we designed uh, the downtown st streetscape, which is redesigning our downtown. 
Uh, we had a number of uh, public meetings and hearings uh, associated with that initial design. And uh, after two, uh, um, I would say, successful applications, we scored better than some of the ones that were funded, but just didn't qu quite fit in with the uh, what they were funding at the time. So uh, we received, uh, and, and that's fine, uh, those were million-dollar grants. And the grant we ultimately received was for $3 million, so it certainly helps us uh, to go further with this project. And uh, so, yes, uh, our first uh, meeting with some of the stakeholders around the square that will be impacted uh, probably the most, uh, we're going to have one of those meetings a week from today. And uh, we have a number of folks coming in to uh, participate in those and listen to our engineering firm talk about the design and, you know, we're you know, tweaking, you know, adding some, you know, items, what's the specific streetscape items will look like and locations and, you know, just kind of fine tuning the, uh, the design and uh, getting any further comments. Uh, I know the new design does uh, make an attempt to increase parking in the downtown area in the quadrants in their new design. So that will certainly be helpful. That's something we heard uh, over and over again um, before the streetscape project actually begins we'll be working on probably next spring now um, the um, replacement of the infrastructure underground we have to do the underground before we can do you know everything on top and so uh, that'll be the first step and that's probably we were hoping to get that going this fall yet I'm not sure that's going to happen um, EPA held up our bidding process a little bit, so we're going to re. Um, uh, we will be submitting that for putting it out for bid this fall, um, and we'll see how when the construction begins. Most likely in the spring, but uh, again, to get back to the actual streetscapes, the things that people will see, um, you know, we're going to have a and we're doing a presentation to Rotary in December. Uh, and uh, we're meeting with this group, uh, like I said, of the kind of the column stakeholders, folks around the public square. And, um, you know, we'll be talking about it some more. Like I said, we had a lot of input uh, early on in the design. I'll sure, uh, let you add on something. <laughs> sure. The, uh, while the conceptual site uh, plan pretty much preserves the general layout of the public square, uh, you'll s certainly have the center island. You'll have the uh, circle um, traffic drive and then the four quadrants. Uh, what's really going, the, the quadrants will be reconfigured somewhat, uh, but it, uh, the main focus will be to soften that uh, hard asphalt and concrete lo uh, look that we currently have. And uh, with a lot of streetscaping, the, um, the uh, again the parking will be uh, preserved uh, I maybe I, I think slightly increased uh, with the new design but uh, it'll it'll be much more pedestrian friendly there'll be a lot of uh, streetscaping features uh, pedestrian lighting benches um, kiosks and and those sorts of things the um, the the plan also includes the um, the four, um, uh, the first hundred block of uh, all four entrances into and out of uh, the public uh, square, as well as Market Alley, uh, and there will be uh, 
uh, you know, softening of the uh, appearance. There'll be a lot of vegetation, tree plantings, and and those sorts of things to go along with that street, those streetscape uh, uh, fixtures as as well. So it should be, um, you know, it, sh it should be really a, a major uh, enhancement to the appearance of downtown Monmouth. Uh, and and we are meeting, as the mayor mentioned, with uh, a lot of the business owners and building owners here over the next few weeks and months as we go from the conceptual design into actual uh, final design of these improvements. One of the uh, concerns that we will be addressing will be how to maintain access in and out of the uh, storefronts of all the businesses. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, going to be a uh, you know a significant concern and we're prepared to uh, address that uh, we've uh, we've made that important to our engineering consultant who will uh, be talking spe specifically about those kinds of issues as it affects the uh, building owners and business owners on, on on the public square okay thank you for the update gentlemen yes thank our you. pleasure appreciate it we'll talk to you soon that is mayor rod davies with us Communications Director Ken Helms and City Administrator Lou Steinbrecher on 1330 WRAM and FM 95.5.